this is Alberto Roland with Performance Equine Veterinary Services. I, I have the pleasure to be sitting across Brandon Ames from Anisel, which is a pioneer on the amnion therapy. Now, Anisel works with amnion. Amnion is a real new, real novelty product that is coming into the use of horses and dogs and people for many issues. So thank you very much for being here with us, Brandon, and please introduce yourself to our audience. Tell us a little bit about you, how you got into this amazing um, product, an amazing endeavor. Thanks, Alberto. It's great to be here. Um, Anacel, we, we started Anacel and kind of pioneered Amnion technology in 2015. Uh, got into it, uh, it was kind of, kind of by fluke. I don't come from the the biology space, but in uh, 2009, uh, my mother and daughter lost two horses due to a lethal interaction of corticosteroids that chemically foundered them and dropped them through their feet. Fast forward about five years, uh, this technology was presented to me by uh, some folks who had pioneered it on the human side. They wanted us to, to take a look at it, to bring it into the animal space, and I, I needed a new startup like I needed a hole in the head, but uh, good Lord decided to thump on me a little bit, and after I kind of turned down the uh, opportunity three times, it, it was one of those things, no, Mr. Ames, you're going to do this. So we brought it to market in 2015. Uh, Dr. Rilan, we're in the recycling business. We're just recycling what God made all living things from and, and using that material in which to treat tissue-based injuries. So, Brandon, thank you very much. I'm, I'm going to keep notes while we do this because you have so much information, and I, even though you told me a thousand times, I keep forgetting sometimes. Um, can you tell me... The most common question I get, all right, what is amnion? This is something that when I was in vet school, there was, there was, I never learned about this in vet school. And our listeners and our clients really asked me that question. What is it? What's in it? Yeah, so it's a great question. And we get that question a lot as well, Alberto. The, the, the thing that really comes to, to us is is how can it be regenerative and how does it work and and amnion is that innermost membrane and fluid that we say is fetal facing um in the womb uh during during uh during pregnancy and so that material and we know this based off of a 2015 stanford study that that material is brought into the body and into the lungs and the body they they found from that study that fetuses don't just grow from the inside out they actually grow from the outside in processing that material and so when we've characterized it and uh, we did that in 2017 at North Carolina State University when we characterized this material looked at it to see what was in it and find out we found all the basic building blocks of tissue growth. So the three main things you've got to have in which to grow tissue, you got to have cells, you got to have the basic building blocks of extracellular matrix, which is kind of the material around the cells that connect them together. And then you have to have growth factors signaling things that say do this and do this. And, and we always 
kind of use it from an analogy of a tornado going through a Midwestern town and knocking over a brick building. Yeah, it's kind of an oversimplification, but if you, you think of the bricks as the cells, the mortar as the extracellular matrix, and the, the specialty contractors as the growth factors, uh, when, when that tornado rolls through, the first thing that happens is people come out and they they uh, turn off their water and they turn off their electricity, and we call that hemostasis in the biology world. The first thing that's got to happen, you got to stop the blood flow when there's an injury. The second thing that happens is inflammation happens, and, and that's the same thing. It's, a, it's truly a cellular phone call that people make, hey, I can't fix my, my broken house here. Can you send somebody and so they call uh, FEMA and they call their insurance adjusters and nobody answers the phone call. Nobody comes to help them. And so that inflammation persists. That cellular phone call keeps getting made. And what we do is we airdrop in all the basic building blocks of, of amniotic tissue in which to rebuild that. That is an amazing analogy. And I cannot come up with anything better. That is amazing. Please replay this, what he just said, because that is an amazing analogy. You can pause it, replay it, pause it, replay it until we memorize it. That's excellent. Thank you so much for that analogy. You're welcome. Um, so let's go back a little bit on the process, okay, of amnion, because what's the latest thing going on in, in, human, um, in human medicine? Because I always say human medicine is, is kind of behind horse medicine. I was using stem cells and PRP way, way before they were using it in, in human. Right. So let's go back a little bit on the, on the collection because people understand a lot, of, a lot about PRP, a lot of about stem cells, etc. So let's go back even further to how you collect it and are there stem cells in the product? You're, you already say so, that there were cells, so I want to see, I want to go elaborate a little bit more what kind of cells they are. You talk about building blocks, so without us getting into a deep science, um, let's talk a little bit about the kind of cells and briefly going over the growth factors, but how do you capture this? So let's tell us how, because I think it's fascinating how you, how you prepare the horse, how a client sends you the horse and you prepare the whole thing, the whole, the whole well-coordinated orchestra that you have to get the final product. I want you to tell us yeah, everything. It's, it's, it's a great question. And it's of a big concern to a lot of people. Are you, are you raising these pregnant mares in which to, to take this product from them? And we don't own at Anacel, we don't own any mares of our own. Uh, people want to be a part of the miracle ranch program. And so they bring us their mares, and uh, they volunteer volunteer to bring us their mares so that we can fold them out. We have a special facility, and it's not overly special. It's it's a it's a barn and some pastures, and and but we treat it like a uh, we treat it like a blood plasma facility, so that there's never a chance of a communicable disease or or uh, any type of pathogens in the, in the soil. So, um, we do $2,500 in testing on these mares prior to them showing up, which it's a lot of tests. There's, there's a battery of over 50 tests that are run on these mares to make sure they're, they're clean. And it's, it's, it's simple 
blood test, but the the extensity of the the uh, what is run on these mares is is pretty substantial between fecal samples and urine and nose swabs and such. And so, once we get those results back and clear the mares, then people bring them to our ranch a month before they're to 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 birth out and. At that point, we we go through and they they show up at the at the Anacel maternity spa, and so <laughs> we have a whole host of volunteers and and uh, folks that oversee their care, love on them, bathe them, and then uh, they get grass during the day and and um, and uh, blanketed at night if it's cool out, and so they get they get a lot of loving and and uh, and then we sit on a five gallon bucket like Johnny Bench, the baseball player, and wait for <laughs> mares to full out, and we catch them as they come out, and and uh, and then we send mother and mare or uh, uh, mother and foal home, and we rush the material off to the lab, so we retain all of the custody to it. It's not like we're going to some repro facility and here give us your. We know we want to own custody of that all the way through and make sure that we've fully got the uh, the the understanding of what transpired there. In addition to all the testing we that we do in which to ensure its uh, safety. Fascinating. So now you have the mares giving birth, and just out of curiosity, what do you do? She's giving birth. You said you're catching them and. Does it take any, can the baby just be in the ground and then get it from the ground? How, how does that system work? Yeah. So we, we, uh, there's, it's a, it's a three person collection. Um, the foal is, is in mother's care is, is priority. If it looks like everything's going to be normal, then as that mare goes to, to have her baby, we would, uh, drape the area. And oh, you which, drape oh, the yeah. area. So we drape the area. Like a surgical we're suite. Ga- yeah, we're all gowned up. I mean, it looks, I mean, it's as clean as you can make it in a barn. Oh. All right. And to keep it uh, as normal as you can keep it. And so once once they present and, and we're in that process, then, then we, we uh, lay down some drapes capture the material and it never even hits the drapes we're able to keep it up off the ground and 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 uh capture the fluid and once that's done then it's rushed off the lab and they take it from there that's amazing that's 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 quite a production right there it is a production very nice so now we have we have the cells well now we know where we get the cells we get the amnion we separate it from the placenta etc right and you take it to the laboratory. The laboratory does the magic. Yep. And then after that, you have this amazing product that comes in a vial or in many, many different forms. Can you tell us all the different permutations that you can get? I know that you do a vial with fluids. You get a vial without cells. You have a membrane. Tell us all the products that can come out of that. Yeah, so... We talked earlier that that amnion contains all the basic building blocks of tissue growth, and so it contains uh, some root stem cells, uh, both mesenchymal and epithelial stem cells. The one cellular component that it does not, uh, stem cell component that it doesn't contain, is it doesn't contain hemopoietic stem cells. And hemopoietic stem cells uh, uh, are blood-based stem cells that that carry with them 
what we would call as antigens that that uh, uh, would stimulate and and this is getting pretty technical, but a major histological Let's complex. Let's keep it simple. Yeah, <laughs> I don't um, know what that means. So we're never going to get any rejection with these types of products, Excellent. and that's and that's ultimately what I'm what I'm alluding to here is because this product is what we term as immune privileged. We're never going to have those those rejection type issues. And so that's why. Sorry to interrupt you, but that's why we can use from any mayor on any patient. We can we can use it both what we call xenogenetically, which means we're going from one animal species to a completely different animal species. Wow, and. And that, if you think about it, I mean, the amnion's in everything. You take a hard-boiled egg, that little inner membrane of that hard-boiled egg, that's amnion. And so it doesn't matter whether it's a reptile or a fish or or um, uh, a human. They all have an amnion-chorion membrane, uh, that chorion membrane being the outer membrane that goes around the amnion. They have that um, technology to wall off this fetus from the mother's immune system. And so it's, it's natural in, in all living species. And so it stands to reason that we would be able to use it across species as well. That is amazing. Yeah. That's absolutely amazing. So let's, let's get a little bit into, sounds like this technology will work fantastic to heal many things and now many animals as well. So let's go a little bit, most of our, easy and difficult cases. I have a lot of tendon cases and ligament cases in our rehabilitation center at Epic. How, how do we use that? So um, when, we're, when we're talking tendons and ligaments, uh, basic tendonitis uh, type issues, uh, core lesions, uh, we use this product in an implantable format um, because we're, we're not just injecting a, a drug in there. This is not a drug. This is a regenerative product. It's tissue from one animal that we're implanting into another animal. And so with that implantation, we just place it close uh, to the, the, uh, the indicated area where the, where the uh, wound is and the body takes it from there. So if we go back to our analogy a little bit, Dr. Rulon, uh, we wouldn't take our semi-load of material that we airdropped in to rebuild that house and stick it right in the middle of the slab and build around it. We'd take that material and we'd actually set it off to the side and then the, you'd break it down and bring it in as you, in as some of your bricks and then you'd make some mortar and break that down and then once you got on the inside you'd pull in your your uh, your plasterboard and 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 all of your uh, uh, electrical material and such and so we break it down as we need it and the four things that happen when when we inject a tendon or a ligament injury the first thing that happens is the body instantly recognizes that material and goes to breaking it down as a bioscaffold. And so if you look at any of the pictures of, of, our, of our wounds, you'll see a yellow tinge to those wounds. And in, those, in that yellow tinge, um, that's the amnion breaking down and becoming tissue. 
The second thing it does is it upregulates both progenitor cells and um, and the immune system to that location. So it's gonna it's gonna bring in circulating stem cells. The third thing it does is it promotes neovascularization at five times the rate. The body will do it on its own. And the fourth and final thing is that um, is that it'll manage the inflammation in that space. So vascularization means new blood vessels, just mm. to make sure we exactly. we don't give our listeners many misunderstanding words. So excellent. All right. So then you took a little bit of a wound. So we went from tendons to wounds. So we're using these on wounds as well. How are we using it on wounds? In wounds, uh, it's a it's a one and done treatment for wounds. And so the existing standard of care, we slather something, we clean it, we debride it, we slather something over the top of it, and and then we change that bandage every day, sometimes mm-hmm. morning and night, and and every time we slather some more stuff on it and and continue with our with with Anacel stem wrap product basically we're treating that one time with a bio bandage that is nothing more than unadulterated amnion that is preserved in a special way and cleaned and and sterilized so that veterinarians can treat one time at the beginning lay that tissue on top of the the wound stick a uh uh non-stick telf over the top of it, wrap it up, and then we change the bandage every 10 days thereafter. We don't change it every day, and we only treat one time. So that sounds like a significant decrease in labor, huh? Significant decrease in labor. Uh, oftentimes I have veterinarians who come to me and they say, well, Brandon, this this is more expensive than what we're doing. And I'm like, yeah, you're, you're, you're kind of looking at it wrong. How much time is your owner spending changing that bandage every day? What risk are we putting that owner in? Because unlike when you go out, Dr. Rulon, you sedate the horse. They don't have that luxury. And so we may be introducing undue risk. Uh, but any time we've taken a wound that, that uh, would normally take 60 days to heal with an existing standard of care, we typically heal those in 30 days with significantly less bandaging and no day-to-day care that we would normally experience. Wow. Um, just out of curiosity, because some of us who have seen a lot of wounds, keeping a bandage for 10 days in an open wound is a little scary. How does it look like at the end? How do we how do we go about this? Because I cannot put it on my head yet. How am I going to do this? Yeah, so when, when we initially... Uh, uh, apply that material to that wound. We lay that on there after it's cleaned and debrided, wrap it up. And the 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 neat part about uh, Amnion is because it's there to protect the fetus, it has unbelievable antimicrobial capabilities to it. And so the the normally we'd want to check that wound, see if we got an infection or anything. In in 5,000 cases of superficial wounds, we've never seen an infection once we've unwrapped that wound because the amnion's antimicrobial capabilities retards any of those infections. It's, it's that upregulating of the immune system to the location that allows us to wrap it up for 10 days and not worry about it. Excellent. Excellent. So we have touched on <coughs> tendons and ligaments. We have touched on wounds. 
Let's touch a little bit on on the most common one of the common questions I get. How, how does it work in joint? Let's talk about joints a little bit. Love that. So we've been treating joints since 2015 and uh, using it <clears throat> very differently than existing joint injections on the market today, whether they be regenerative or whether they be pharmaceutical-based uh, injections. Uh, with those injections, um, uh, today we go into the joint and we compromise the joint space in which to deliver whatever it is we're delivering. Uh, in 2015, when they were doing studies into amnion, what they found was there was no efficacy difference, and this was in two different studies that was started in 2014, no efficacy difference between interarticular or periarticular injections. Mm. Intraarticular meaning in the joint, periarticular meaning outside the joint or around the joint. And so that really affected us in what we were going to bring to market because we were of the mindset, just like everybody else, we had to deposit this material in the joint. And when we found that there was no efficacy difference between interarticular or periarticular, we decided let's create a product that we don't have to compromise the joint space because, as you know, Dr. Rulon, you're you're not in a sterile facility when you're doing these joint injections. You're you're in a barn somewhere. You're you're in a less than advantageous space, and joint infections are a huge liability when it comes to to um, uh, causing that horse immense amounts of pain and maybe maybe euthanasia as a result, uh, trying to clear up that infection in that joint. And so if, if we could create a product that we could treat these joints once a year uh, for uh, performance of osteoarthritis, we thought that was the best way to go. And, and we've done about 15,000 treatments of treating joints uh, when we started, there was a particular trainer in the Northwest that uh, started using our pro our products on 32 head of horses. Uh, this last summer, seven years later, we pulled x-rays on those, those same horses and found no degradation in the joint over seven years with an annual application of our product. And so... Uh, what we see with, with the joints is that we're improving the health of the tissue, which is reducing the inflammation. And in doing that, that's what's causing the pain to go away and allowing the animal to perform at its, at its best. So let me see if I understood correctly. <clears throat> you, were, you, you are using these products also prophylactically? Mean to prevent correct to prevent disease correct excellent and I'm, I'm assuming it's because that trainer usually knows where those horses between the trainer and the vet they know where, where they were going to be predisposed to develop well yeah i mean history through, through the, uh, just like when you when you show up at a farm to to look at horses you're mm -hmm. you're going to go through and do a lameness evaluation on them and and look at their their flexion and hocks and stifles and fetlocks and knees and and really see where where there may be deficits or you're working with a a, 
a really good trainer who who can say, hey, yeah, this one I'm feeling it and it's it stifles, or I'm feeling feeling its extension laxing on on when we go to a to a to a right diagonal or or to a left diagonal. It's a very interesting concept, and I don't want to keep you here for three hours. But the the fascinating thing is that what you're touching this prophylactically and the trainer feel is that I have learned how to listen to the trainer because if a trainer rides that horse every day, they will catch a gait abnormality before we as veterinarians can see it. So in this case that you just mentioned is, is an amazing, um, amazing idea where the trainer and the veterinarian work together to then fine tune and prevent future issues. That is, that is definitely an amazing, amazing concept that we're going to adopt from you. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> it's it's something that that um, we we spend a lot of time a lot of time listening and and I am to that when we talk joint injections, I often have folks that well, Brandon, you must be anti steroid and corticosteroids. I am not from the standpoint of a tool in the tool bag. If we're dealing with acute issues, corticosteroids are the greatest thing on the planet. But when we're dealing with chronic issues and long-term preservation of of uh, of those working components in that animal, regenerative products have definitely have a place in this world in terms of of treating the mechanical aspect and and improving the working function of that tissue. There's no question about it that one, the corticosteroids do cause a certain degree of joint damage, um, whether it's a little bit or a lot, we can obviously debate on that. Um, and like you say at the beginning of our conversation, there is a potential catastrophic effect sometimes, yes. even if it's not common, you're, you went through that. Yes. So it is a potential. Have you, in just so you've done 15,000 joints and I'm guessing 20 plus thousand ligaments, etc. Any catastrophic effect or any horse that have had the same effect that the corticosteroids of your family earlier on had? We have not. We have not seen it. Um, the, from a safety perspective, um, about 2.6% of our cases may see some injection point swelling or some soreness. Most of the time, that's because we went too deep into the structure with the product. We try to keep it just sub-Q around the uh, around the, the structure that we're treating. Um, yeah, that uh, the only side effect that we've got of the product is that sometimes it will go chase a more prolific inflammatory signaling somewhere else in the body, and if it does, we don't see the results we're looking for, and so. It's not that the product didn't work, Dr. Rilan, it's just that it didn't work on what we wanted to. Yeah. And in those cases, we retreat for free on our dime oh, in which to to uh, help kind of skirt that. And um, uh, second treatments, we pretty much nail them most of the time. All right. Very good. So a little swelling, you mentioned on the side effect, this, this swelling goes away or stays forever? 72 hours. 72 so. hours. Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> All right, so now we've talked about using amnion anisel for joints, for tendons and ligaments. Um, we talk about wounds. We're missing two 
relatively new uses that we talk about. Let's do eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, amnion is a history. We've been using it on humans for about four centuries. Okay. I mean, we can trace it back to, to uh, 19, or, uh, 1600s uh, as far as using it. And always the issue was, yo, lady, have your baby. We This guy's dying over here. And so uh, in 1910, we had 555-person um, uh, study with the products. And then uh, in the 40s and 50s, they started using it on ulcers, corneal ulcers in humans. And so we adopted that based on a lot of the current data, a lot of the things that um, – Dr. Brooks here in, in uh, northern Florida here has used Amnion uh, for a lot of years, but uh, we created a, a product that was a dehydrated version, not a, not a hydrated version that didn't have to be sutured to the eye and uh, has become a one-and-done treatment for corneal ulcers, uh, desmetaceles, melting ulcers, um, for treating desmet membranes, iris prolapses, and so for a variety of different eye issues, it gives the the mobile veterinarian and someone who may not have access to a, a boarded ophthalmologist or somebody who's got some more uh, extensive um, uh, technologies to use in eyes, or the, the animal owner who just doesn't have the dollars in which to go that route. Um, eye issues typically are a, a three, three to five thousand dollar deal if you go the, the boarded ophthalmologist route, and we always recommend that's that's the best way to go. But if your your owner does not have those capes capabilities, we've got a, a product that for um, to the end user three to four hundred bucks they can treat an, an eye with a tarsorophy. A, pulling the eyelid down and, mm -hmm. and closing that eye for a couple of days over the top of one of our amnion discs and get really good results in the 90, 90 plus percentile. That's awesome. And can you use it with antibiotics as well that the eye, like let's say a horse is treated, it's being treated with antibiotics <laughs> inside the eye, has a, a catheter that goes through the eye. Would, would that affect the efficacy of the product? It doesn't affect the efficacy of the product. Um, we try to catch them prior to even going that route. A lot of our veterinarians don't, because, again, because the antimicrobial capabilities, don't even use them with antibiotics. They may do some systemic antibiotics with the animal, but short of that, they're placing that, that uh, amniotic patch in the eye and letting it do its thing. Awesome. Three minutes. And one last thing, and one of my favorite and most passionate things, lungs. So we have, we treated at this, at our epic center, we treated a lot of horses with bleeding disorders, or I don't, I don't want to say bleeding, like they bleed out, like equine pulmonary, equine exercise-induced pulmonary hemorrhage, we call it bleeders, uh, which happens in race horses, in battle racers, in polo horses, etc. Tell me about tell me about the treatment for bleeders. I know. Can you talk about that? That's yeah, the in the research. Yeah, yeah. All so, right. So, um, over the course of the last several years, we've we've spent a lot of time. And initially, the science we were doing was to use the product um, in a nebulized format. What that means is is uh, 
uh, aerosoling the product and then having the animal breathe the product. And, and while it was effective, we weren't able to really address deep lung issues where a lot of our exercise-induced pulmonary hemorrhage happens. Uh, a lot of our asthma uh, issues happen and, and really play half a, havoc with the lung tissue. So we started using the product in an IV format in which to, to treat um, these deep lung disorders and improve the health of the tissue and uh, reduce the occurrence of scar tissue. So really, uh, the two things that have blown my mind as, as literally a layperson uh, in this business that, that, I, that I wound up <laughs> being CEO of, the, the thing that's really blown my mind is the fact that um, we can remodel chronically damaged tissue and remodel it to a healthy state so we can take scar tissue and improve the health of that scar tissue, improving form and function of the tissue itself. Uh, and in lung disorders, that's really what what we're needing to address is, is the scar tissue from either an infection or genetic defect. There's a lot of reasons that, that horses have what we call EIPH, exercise-induced pulmonary hemorrhage uh there's just a variety of things that can cause that but at the end of the day it's the scar tissue that weakens the functionality of those lungs and and amnion will remodel that uh, also i know if, us, if our clients want to learn more about anisel where can they go oh a couple of different places anicelbiotech.com uh or uh Facebook.com slash Anacel is uh, where we put a lot of the treatments that um, that have been done and, and a lot of the product applications. Well, I just, on behalf of me and my patients, I just want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to have such an amazing product, non-related to steroids, which is the most common use of a lot of these, a lot of these problems. And bringing some new products out that are efficient and natural. And it's so good to have you and so good to have you with us here and what you do for us and for our patients. Thank you very much, Brandon. You have done fantastic. Well, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you. And if you want to learn more about Anisel products, Amnion therapy, please do not forget to visit albertorulan.com. That is www.albertorulan.com. Have a great day.